Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, within God's Word this morning, verse 22, Mark chapter 11. Again, it's so good to have you with us here this morning. We thank the Lord for you. I want to thank, as I begin to preach, or before I preach, all of those that were involved in our wild game dinner. If you were a part of the team of helpers and part of the wild game dinner, would you stand up? We want to thank you this morning. Where's Frank Pantolina at and Sue Pan? Frank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, such organization, such vision, such sacrifice and help. Wow, what a great way to show our church to, to the Lakeside Metro area. Amen. And uh, I'm looking for Dawn Woggy. Where's Dawn Woggy at? Did she come to church? Maybe she got sick this. Okay, not here. Okay, I want. Uh, do we have a choir here? Any choir members here? Would you stand up, choir members? I didn't get a chance last Sunday because of our altar call. I want to thank you for the worship musical last week Sunday. Wow, that was powerful. Amen, amen. The sounds of heaven. Praise the Lord. And very, very soon you'll be occupying your brand new worship and creative arts center. And we thank the Lord for that. Mark 11, verse 22. We began two weeks focusing on this amazing passage in God's Word. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. We discovered two weeks ago that breakthroughs don't begin just with faith. People have faith in all kinds of things. You're going to have faith in your car when you go out. I mean, how many when you go out there before you turn the key, you're going to have a word of prayer? No, you're going to have faith that it'll start. People have all kinds of faith. We discovered two weeks ago, it's not enough to have faith. You need to have faith in God. You need to have faith in God. When faith is anchored in God, amazing things take place for His glory and for His honor, a faith that doesn't focus on circumstances, but on our God who will not and cannot fail us. The next key in experiencing the miraculous answers to prayer, the next key in experience a joy-filled life, a blessed life, a life of favor and promotion and increase by God, the next key is in verse 23. Now, I've preached on this verse, many of you know, dozens of times. Speak to your mountain. Speak to your mountain. But dummy, dummy, dummy me. No. It's because God continues to give the man of God fresh insight. This past week, God's given me fresh insight on this verse that I've never, ever seen before. 
And I want to share it with you. I'm so excited to share it with you this morning. On verse 23, notice in verse 23, when it comes to experiencing God's breakthroughs, what kind of vision does God challenge us with? What kind of vision? You think I've given you big vision. What kind of vision does God challenge us with? Does He say, truly, I say to you, speak to your marshmallow and it shall move. Speak to your molehill and it will move. No, what does Jesus say? Truly I say to you, speak to this mountain. Notice, Jesus wants us, He challenges us to have big vision. He challenges us to believe big, not small. He challenges us to ask for big things, to believe for great things. He wants us to believe for increase, for promotion from on high, not from man. There it is. He's calling us to breakthrough vision. Breakthrough vision. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Uh, Pat and Mary, I see you here this morning. Lift up your hands if you would. I want you to pray for these two dear, dear sisters. And that, is that your other sister there? Yeah, you're the youngster. You're the baby. Yeah, yeah, they were pointing you out at the funeral home. Our oldest member, Helen, help me. I can't. I just knew her as Helen. I didn't. I never said your last name. Schwarfnagel, did I say it right? Close, I came close. Long German name. Our oldest member went to be with the Lord a week ago. And as we pray before this message, I want us just to lift up this family circle in prayer. Our oldest member, Helen, mom, was how old? 98 years young and went to be with the Lord. Praise Jesus. Father, we lift up the family circle of Helen Schwarfnagel, and we ask and pray in the name of Jesus for your comfort, your peace to be upon them. We thank you, Lord, God, that mom left a legacy of faith. Now, God, as we speak about faith once again this morning, help us, O Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4. You don't have to turn there, but I'd love to have you go home today and read the story. Second Kings chapter 4. And ushers, help me out in the foyer, both balcony and main floor. Pastor can see through the windows, and I, I see a lot of walking around uh, out there, and I'd appreciate Invite people to find Jesus and come to church. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4, we find a penniless widow living a nightmare. She's about to lose her two sons to slavery. What's the situation? Back in that day and time, the worst nightmare that you could ever live would be to have your husband die and be a widow. To have your husband die and leave you un unpaid bills, unpaid debts. This woman's nightmare is fourfold. Not only has she lost her husband, her security, 
But her boys will be her future security, her social security network. And what do we find in Scripture? The creditors are moving in. She won't be able to file chapter 11. She won't be able to file bankruptcy in that day and time if you couldn't pay your bills. The creditors would come in and take your children to become slaves for life. Slaves for life. So she cries out to the man of God, Elisha, in 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 2. And Elisha says, how can I help you? Tell me, What do you have, woman, in your house? She said, I have nothing at all. All I have, she says, is a little bit of oil. A little jar of oil. The prophet said, I want you to go around to your neighbors. Ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Would you circle, would you circle those words? Don't ask for just a few. Those are pivotal words. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you. You and your sons pour oil into all the jars. As each is filled, put it to one side. Her sons collected as many jars as they could. They went door to door, knocking on doors as many as they could. Do you have a pot? Do you have a jar? Do you have a vessel? Do you have a bucket? Do you have a pail? Can we borrow it? She closed the door of her home with her sons. She wanted her sons to participate in the miraculous. She took her little bit of oil. She was surrounded by all the vessels, the pots, the jars, the containers, and she began to pour. And what happened? What happened? Did she run out immediately? No, the oil kept pouring, and she kept filling. She filled up one. She filled up three. She filled up five. She filled up ten. She filled up thirty. I mean, it, she kept pouring and pouring and pouring. Finally, she had poured her oil into all of the containers surrounding her. And she asked her sons, are there any more? And her son says, there are no more jars, no more pots or containers. Mom, we've filled up all of them. And then the oil stopped. I can't tell you how powerful this word is in Scripture. Elisha said, now take that oil, go and sell it, pay off all of your debts, And then you and your sons live off the rest of the money. It was a miracle of financial provision from God. I want you to circle that phrase. Don't ask for just a few. Don't ask for just a few. What would have happened, I ask you this morning, if she had gathered just a few containers? If her boys had gotten tired, as some do, and say, Mom, do I have to do the whole block? I just want to do two or three houses. I just want a few buckets. What would have happened if she had only had faith for just a a few buckets, a few containers, a few jars? What would have happened the oil would have stopped flowing. I want you to get a hold of this. Let's look at the opposite extreme. What if she had gathered every container from Israel? Would she have filled them up? What if she had gathered every container from the whole Middle East? Would she have filled them up? 
What if she, if it was possible, if she could have gathered every container, every container thought possible on the planet, every ship, (laughs) every uh, oil tanker, every semi-truck, I mean, you name it. If she had been able to gather them, would she have been able to fill them up? Here's the principle. The problem is not with the supplier. The problem is with the receiver. God is calling us to increase our capacity to receive and believe in what He wants to do in and through our lives. That's why Elisha stressed, don't ask for just a few. Oh, write it down. God has incredible favor, blessings, miracles for our lives, and He's only limited by our capacity to believe and receive. Only limited. You know, imagine, I've got 30 gallons of free gasoline I want to give you. How much is gasoline a gallon right now? How much? I want to find out where you're buying that, Sam. <laughs> 218. I was going to say 250, 265 a gallon. Okay, no matter what, I've got 30 gallons of free gasoline I want to give you. And you come rolling up with your little itty-bitty lawnmower with this little gas tank. I've got 30 gallons, but you can only receive, what, half a gallon of gas? The problem's not with me. Problems with you. Now, if you had rolled up with uh, your two cars and your SUV, I can give you all that I desire to give you, the 30 gallons. It's the same with God. If your expectation vision is small because of a down economy, because of unemployment, because of poor health, because of lack of education or, or, or contacts or people resources uh, or, or, or not knowing the right connections, you're going to limit what God wants to do in your life. God is calling us to have breakthrough vision. God is calling us to have mountain vision, not molehill uh, vision, not little vision. He's calling us to increase our capacity to trust Him for more, uh, to believe bigger, uh, and to know that He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Everything might say it's impractical, it's improbable, it's impossible. I can't, we can't do it. But your attitude should be every single morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. His word says that his favor surrounds me like a shield. His word says, if God be for me, who can be against me? His word declares, uh, the Lord is my life. Light, uh, uh, and my salvation of whom shall I be afraid? Glory to God. It's not going to be a bad hair day. God's on the throne and everything's going to be all right. You see that? Hallelujah. Amen. But I can see some still don't get it. Some still don't get it. You see, okay, let me put it this way. Some Christians, yea, countless Christians... They go around in life with a cup full of expectation. They walk around with a cup full of breakthrough vision. They can just trust God to fill a cup. 
They can just trust God and believe God for cupfuls of blessings. Their vision is the size of a cup. They don't expect much. They just settle for getting by. They just say, I guess I'll, I'll just have to live with the way things are. Case uh, Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be. Time and time again, I'll, I'll just tell you as a pastor, I, I, watch, I watch Christians, I watch situations, they, they come to me and they, they bounce from job to job to job and they can't figure out why they're unemployed and then we find out they're not tithing because they're walking around with a cup. They expect so little. They have such little vision. I guess I'll just have to live with the way things are. Their expectation is so little, it's no wonder they end up with little, little. Then there's those Christians that walk around with a bucket. They've done okay. They're comfortable, but they're not planning on, on going any further. Uh, they have bucket-sized faith, uh, while others have traded in their bucket for a barrel. Yeah. Oh, Lord, now that I see that picture blown up, I think that's a beer keg. Oh, dear Jesus. Oh, I'm glad my mom is not here. Oh. i got to get through this point real quick. They've stretched their faith. They're not a cup. Christian, they're not a bucket Christian, they're a barrel Christian. Yet there's a whole nother group that excites me. They're more than bucket barrel believers. They are barn believers. Hallelujah. They believe that our God is able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly more than that they can imagine, ask or think. They believe they can have peace in the storm. They believe they can have prosperity even in a 2008 recession. They believe that that even though their children right now are off course, even though that their marriages are in trouble, they believe, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. They're expecting explosive blessings. They have breakthrough vision for mountain-sized miracles. I want to remind you, our source is not how well connected we are. Our source is not the Detroit Big Three. Our source is not Washington or Wall Street. Our source is our God who cannot and will not fail. Hallelujah! His resources are infinite. He is our unlimited God. He can do anything and you can expect Him to do it. You can do more have more, be more. If today you start looking beyond where you are and you start looking to Him to where you want to be. There's a phrase, write it down, that Jesus consistently repeated before the miracles He performed for people. Jesus, you'll find this in Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Constantly, before a miracle, Jesus would say, According to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Basically, Jesus was saying, If you have a cup, if you expect a cup, I'll give you a cup full of blessings. 
If you have a barrel, if you have a bucket, uh, you can have a bucket and a barrel full of blood. But if you have a barn, uh, I will give you a barn full of blessings. I'll give you improbable, impossible favor and blessings. Listen, Christian, if you'll take your limits off of God, He won't disappoint you. I said He won't disappoint you. Years ago, Becky was searching for a new dentist for our family. She was searching for a new dentist. And she came home excited. She said, Phil, I have found a new dentist at 24 Mile and Hayes Road. His office is in a strip mall. He's just starting out. Uh, His office is right next to the Dairy Queen. He's a Holy Spirit-filled, charismatic, Pentecostal, part-time minister who's a full-time dentist. And I think you should go there. And I said, next to a Dairy Queen? A guy working on my mouth. So I went. And I'll never forget going back in the chair. And I needed to have some fillings. And as I went back in the chair, it forced you to look up at the ceiling. And on that low drop ceiling, there was a big piece of paper with a huge giant scripture verse on it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. There it is. This is God. Little side trail there. That dentist, that Holy Spirit, God-fearing dentist, God has blessed him so much, he's now at Hayes Road in 23 Mile, Dr. Michael Hoffman, and he has a whole bunch of dentists and specialists working for him now. Amen. Amen. Because he practices what I'm preaching here this morning. Do you have your mouth open wide for all that God has for you? You see, there's a part for you to play in experiencing God's best in and through your life. First of all, what's your attitude? What's your attitude expressing? Your attitude, let me tell you, what is attitude? Attitude is an outward expression of an inward feeling. Let me repeat it. Attitude is an outward expression of an inward feeling. What is your attitude expressing unto the Lord? Oh, pastor... It's 2018. Pastor, it's going to be a tough year. I don't think I'll ever meet my sales goals. I don't think I'll get my bonus this year. I don't think I'll ever be promoted. And by the way, I just Googled, I just Googled WebMD and I looked up my symptoms and it looks like my symptoms match up to a rare exotic disease that they've just discovered in the Amazonian jungle. And I don't think I'll ever be well again. What's your attitude expressing unto the Lord? If if those are your thoughts, if that's your attitude, then your mouth is barely open. You're one of those Christians that walk around. You know, I'm a born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing, demon-fighting soldier of the cross. 
And I'm believing for bigger things. No! Open your mouth wide! Amen! The problem's not with the supplier. The problem is with our capacity to believe and receive for God's best. If that's you, you're not expecting breakthrough vision. Remember, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. We're either expecting discouragement or breakthrough. We're either expressing defeat or or victory. We're either expressing doubt or God confidence. Remember, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. Write it down to increase your capacity for breakthrough vision. Release the miracle in your mouth. Every mouth has a miracle in it. I'm not talking about your gold fillings. I'm talking about your walk and your talk. Amen. Look at Mark 11, 22 through 24. Five times. Five times. Five times Jesus talks about what we say, what we confess, what we declare. Five times he talks more about what we speak than he does about what we pray and believe. That's right. When you confess your faith in the name of Jesus, you're speaking the miraculous into being. Now look at this, Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. Some of you came into service this morning and you heard all over. The old gray mare ain't what she used to be. What you need to do more than caffeine, you need to declare, let the weak say, I am strong. Conversely, let the sick say, I am healed. Let the poor say, I am well off. (laughs) Let the suffering say, I am blessed. Uh, Start calling yourself healed. Start calling yourself happy. Start calling yourself whole and favored. Move (laughs) into what God says about you. To move your mountain, believe it, receive it, and release it. Hallelujah. God has put a miracle in your mouth. You've heard me teach it dozens of times. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But many times we don't focus on the second part. What does the second part of this verse say? And you will eat the fruit thereof. What kind of environment? What kind of a home life? What kind of a marriage, what kind of a personal life are you creating? What kind of environment are you creating by your words? By your words? Hmm? I love the story of the rich, wealthy construction owner who after 30 years of owning a construction business was now going to retire. So he called in his favorite foreman. And he gave him this assignment. He said, listen, I'm going to retire. My wife and I are going to go to Europe. While we're gone, I want you, sir, to build me the most ostentatious palatial mansion possible. Spare no expense. And when I come back, I want it to be done. The foreman, the foreman said this. I'm going to use cheap, defective, 
inferior materials. Charge him high prices, and I'm going to get what's coming to me. Don't you know in our construction, we've watched like hawks. This, this illustration rings real close to home. Uh, we, along with other uh, experts, have watched like hawks uh, on the materials going in your new construction. Well, the owner and his wife went to Europe, and when they came back, sure enough, the mansion was done. The veneer, the outward, looked palatial. It was beautiful, though the inner workings and materials were defective. The owner said to the uh, foreman, congratulations, this is your best work ever. Then he reached in his pocket, pulled out the keys to the mansion, and said, foreman, here they are. This is yours. It's your home. (laughs) This is my congratulations to you for your faithfulness for 30 years. Here's the keys. Now go live in it. Live in it. What environment are you creating with your words, with your attitude? Whatever you are creating, you are destined to live in it. It will be called your life. It will be called your marriage. It will be called your home. Real breakthrough vision. Write it down. It's more than believing. It's more than speaking. It's doing. It's doing. It's more than attitude. It's more than mental assent, believing, having faith in God. There's something you have to do. You have to do. If you want your miracle, you need to act. You need to initiate. There's a part for you to play, to show that you believe, to express and confess that you believe. Talk is cheap. We want to see action, and so does God. How many, how many, how many remember the refrigerator story of my mother? The never-ending Kenmore Elite, top of the line, 28 cubic foot refrigerator story. For those of you that weren't with us, back in, I believe, August, mom and dad bought the refrigerator of their dreams down here at Sears Lakeside Mall. They bought the refrigerator of their dreams. It was delivered, and it had dents all over it. Sent it back. Got refrigerator number two. And they damaged it upon delivery. Got refrigerator number three. Checked it out before they took it off the the, the truck. Opened up the box in the truck. It was already damaged. They said, don't bother us with that. Refrigerator number four. Refrigerator number five. Refrigerator number six. I was there. I was there at the delivery of refrigerator number six. And I watched them. All of a sudden, huge crash and bang. They dropped it on the concrete porch. But it was still, it appeared to be undamaged. They dropped it vertically on its bottom, on its carriage. And it appeared to be all right. They brought it in past the granite countertop, kitchen island, caught the corner, and dented the whole front. After all that work, scraped up mom and dad's wall. I repainted it. Uh, scraped up their door, 
That was refrigerator number six. They got the doors replaced. That's refrigerator number seven. Uh, then they had, then a man was working on their hardwood floor, discovered that the wheels, the whole carriage assembly was crushed when refrigerator number six was dropped. I don't know where we're at. Where are we at right now? Seven, eight. Mom began a campaign. She logged every one of these incidents. You should see her log. It's meticulous. It's detailed. It's fantastic. She called all kinds of representatives of Sears. She was in dialogue with the delivery company. She had a running, well-acquainted experience with customer service in Mexico. She was on the phone so much in Mexico, she has now learned Spanish as a second language. I mean, it has been a journey, but she wouldn't give up. People, people said, and finally at refrigerator number eight, people told her, listen, you win some and you lose some. Let go of it. Don't let it get into your spirit. She says, it's not in my spirit. We paid for a brand new refrigerator, not a used refrigerator. I want a brand new refrigerator. God has said that he's made me the head and not the tail. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. He giveth me the power to get wealth. Uh, If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm going to keep persisting. I'm going to keep persevering. So they stopped paying on their credit card. That got their attention. And God connected her with a specialist with the Sears credit card company. He said, I'm going to go to to battle for you. And last week, guess what showed up at their front door? And now, brand refrigerator number nine. It is perfecto. Hallelujah. Amen. It wasn't enough. For mom to have a victorious, God-confident attitude. It wasn't enough for mom to quote the promises of God and pray. Mom had to do something. The doing, the doing, the action expressed faith to God. Again, talk is cheap. You can say anything to you and I. But it's until you do it, uh, till you show it, until you demonstrate it, that makes all the difference in the world. This is what the Bible teaches about faith. James, James the Apostle said, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Listen, honey, sir, ma'am, deacons, deacons, hear me in this. This has been a hard baby to birth. But that's why Paul called it a fight of faith. And we keep fighting. We keep believing. We keep watching. We keep persevering. We keep persisting. And then God brings the reward. God shows up uh, and He responds to our faith because faith without works is dead with Lakeside's facilities and needed improvements, it'd be a whole lot easier for your leadership, for the membership, and for you all to just sit back and let the building grow old and do nothing and just be a bless me club 
Yeah, just let monies stockpile and just keep sitting on old pews and an, an old worship center and have second-rate, third-rate facilities for children and for youth and let the choir stand in a in a, such a narrow hallway that they had fellowship back there like... Uh, well, I won't go any further on that. I mean... We could have just, we, we, we could have just kept going the way we were and sit on our hands and do nothing and be like the Christians who go around with a cup expecting just cupful a blessing. But we've chosen to exercise breakthrough vision. We've chosen to believe that Lakeside's best days are yet to come. Greater ministry, greater outreaches, greater numbers of souls, greater tools for the glory of God. We've spoken to our mountain of need in prayer, in praise, in thanksgiving, and we've also spoken in giving. Because faith without works is dead. We've moved in breakthrough confession. We've moved in prayer. But faith without works is dead. So we've spoken to our mountains through our tithing and through our vision fund giving. I ask you, how can anyone stand up here or down there and sing songs of faith and yet not give and not partnership with the lakeside vision? How can anyone move into our new facilities and enjoy a new choir room, enjoy a new youth center, enjoy new kids' ministry, and you haven't given a penny. I don't understand that. That's wrong. That's shoplifting. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) How can anyone say they have mountain-moving faith, breakthrough vision, and not give? Faith without works is dead. How can you boast of your faith if it's not demonstrated in giving? Two fishermen, two fishermen were fishing uh, at the seaside. And and, uh, uh, one young, one old. One young, one old. The old guy looked over at the young guy and noticed something peculiar. All day long, the young fisherman was throwing back the big fish and keeping the teeny tiny ones. All day, throwing back the big fish, keeping the teeny tiny ones. Finally, the old man, the old fisherman, couldn't stand it any longer. And he said, young sir, why is it? I've never seen this before. Usually, fishermen keep the big ones and throw back the small ones. You throw back the big ones and you keep you keep the small ones. Why? And the young fisherman looked at him and said, well, it's because I only have a 10-inch frying pan. I only have a 10-inch frying pan. And the small fish are the only ones that fit that 10-inch frying pan. Honey, sir, ma'am, young person, do you have a 10-inch frying pan mentality as a Christian? In the name of Jesus, stop it. Grow up. Throw that cup away. Throw that 10-inch frying pan away. Lift up your eyes. Ha <laughs> ha. Unto whence cometh your salvation. He's a big God. He's a great God. He's a good God. He's the omnipotent, immutable, infinite, invisible, infallible, mighty God. And He wants to do great things, awesome things in your life. If you desire real, real blessings, don't just believe it. Just don't sing it. Don't just say it. Do it. Do it. What is the prime way that we do it? 
Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings. You're going to need a barn. Even a barn won't be big enough. There won't be room enough to receive it. Give the glory to God. Amen. 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 I've been faithful. I don't preach on tithing every Sunday. You know that. It's not a popular, people-pleasing subject for a pastor to preach about tithing and giving. But I'm not accountable to you. I'm accountable to God. I'm accountable to preach and teach His Word. That's His Word. Stop coming to me and wondering when God's going to give you a miracle and a blessing when you're not tithing, when you're not giving. You're short-circuiting what God wants to do. You're walking around with your tiny cup. You're walking around with your mouth barely open. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things, saith the Lord, finally. It's especially pleasing to God when you speak to your mountains with praise before your breakthrough comes. Verse 24, Jesus said, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it, and it will be yours. Circle those words there. Believe that you have received it. This runs counter to scientific reason. This runs counter to cultural thinking. Cultural thinking says, I will Believe it when I... Jesus says you won't see it until you believe it. In fact, Jesus says, I want you to pray. I want you to worship in such a way that you've already received. Act like you've already received. Claim that you've already received. As you believe, there it is. What do we find throughout the Word of God? Over and over and over again, I see this principle. When did Israel shout around the walls of Jericho? After the walls went down or before? They gave the praise before the miracle. That's right. That's right. When did David praise the Lord? Before he killed Goliath or after he killed Goliath? Before. When did Jesus pray and praise? Uh, before the multiplying of loaves and fishes or afterwards? Before. When Jesus stood before the tomb of Lazarus, did he praise God before or after he raised Lazarus from the dead? When Paul and Silas were chained up in the innermost dungeon of the city of Philippi and there was no hope, it was the midnight hour they had been beaten, bloodied, and bruised, bound in those chains. When did they praise the Lord so that all of the prison inmates heard them before or after the miracle release? I think God's trying to say something to us. 
Honey, sir, ma'am, young person, do you need a miracle? Do you need an answer to prayer? (laughs) Are you in the midst of a, a valley right now? Are you going through a problem, the vicissitudes of life where there seems to be no way out? You need health and healing. You need provision. You need promotion. Then lift up your hands and begin to praise the Lord. A miracle's on its way. A miracle breakthrough is on its way. This is what breakthrough vision is all about. I was at the wild game dinner. I was at the wild game dinner. And I was thanking those that were helping. And I I saw this remarkable, good-looking, handsome young man. And I couldn't believe how tall he was. He was. It just seems like yesterday he was down here. Now he's up here. And he was right next to his grandfather, Frank Mistretta. And uh, it was Frank and Ida's grandson, John Paul. John Paul. Pastor's got it right. Grandma doesn't remember what his name is. John Paul. And later on, uh, I was commenting to Sam Giordano, and I was saying, man, Sam, what a fine, fine young lad that John Paul is. And Sam Giordano, one of our elders, reminded me. He said, remember, Pastor, both him and his sibling had less than 1% chance of being birthed and born. Do you remember, Pastor, when mom and dad, whose science said it is impossible, the medical technician said it's impossible for them to have children, and they came down to the altar and we anointed them with oil and prayed over them. And God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Not just one, but two. Two. Two for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith. Even James says, is there any sick or afflicted among you? Let them call upon the elders. We don't go after you. Let them call upon the elders and they will anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick. I have a nephew, Stephen, a pastor. Him and his wife for a year have been believing for a baby and the baby has not yet come. But he's showing breakthrough vision. You know what he did? He went to an old barn because he's a craftsman. He's, a, he's an unbelievable carpentry craftsman. He went to an old barn, took old barn wood, and he has made a crib. Because God is somehow, way, going to break through and bring a baby blessing. I was on the phone yesterday with my son. He said, Dad, Dad, my wife and I, Taryn and I, you know, it's, we're at the one-year anniversary of believing for a baby, believing that God will bless us with a child. And last week, we spent three days 
of fasting completely without food just went on water because we believe somehow, some way, God's going to make a way and give us a child. We're not just going to believe. We're going to do something. We're going to do something. There's something for God, uh, for, for you to do unto our Lord and God. What are you going to do? Don't just sit back and believe. Just don't sit back and confess. What will you do unto Him? I've got a hero in this church. I married her and her husband years ago. And what God has done in her life, it's like I don't know who this person is. This is a radically different person from the person that I pastored in this church. Diagnosed with stage 2, stage 3 breast cancer. Horrific situation. Young mother. Young woman in this church. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't get a text message from her. How many of you all get a text message from her? You know who I'm talking about. Hundreds of people. Get, I'm having a bad hair day. A bad down day. And, and, and with my head, you get a lot of bad hair days. And... and, and I, I read her text and, and, and what an uplift. When it first hit her, when she was first diagnosed, she wrote this I am beautiful. I am strong. I am woman turned warrior, trained by the king for the very battle that is in front of me. Jesus heals. Woman of God. God wants you to know this illness can't have you. Have faith. Every damaged cell in my body, I command you to be repaired right now in the name of Jesus. When you say to the Lord, you're my healer, my way maker, my dream giver, more than you can ask or think, God will show up. I've got this. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I am that warrior woman who gets up despite the enemy trying to destroy me. A woman who declares victory before seeing it. A woman who believes I will receive my miracle because I know the Lord I serve is alive by my side every day. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That girl, that girl, that mother, that wife that wrote that, she wrote that more than a year ago. And right now, she's absolutely 100% clean from cancer. Hallelujah. God is good. Stand with us this morning and sing it together. Help us out, Cindy. That's right. Praise the Lord. Father, right now, I ask and pray for great faith to come down upon this church. Lord, you said that faith is a gift. 
that faith is a gift. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for faith. Lord, not only to be exercised in our emotions, but to be demonstrated in our actions. In the name of Jesus, we speak it. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning. How many are standing here and you are saying, Pastor, 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 I need a miracle in my situation. I need a miracle in my body, a miracle in my finances, a miracle in my marriage, a miracle in my children. Lord, I stand here today not only believing But Lord, with faith receiving, I have breakthrough vision. If that's you, just lift up your hand right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Precious Jesus. Father, in that name which is above every other name, Lord, we reach out and touch the hem of your garment as you're walking by. Lord, others brush, Lord, by you. Others, oh God, uh, uh, touch you. But Lord, we're reaching out with action faith. Uh, We're reaching out, Lord Jesus, with intention. Lord, we desire, oh God, uh, to receive all that you have for us. Lord, we have our mouths open wide, and we know that you will fill it with good things. Lord, we come to you not with a cup, not with a bucket or barrel. We come to you with a barn full of expectation, knowing, oh God, that our God is able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can imagine, ask or think. Lord, for that one right now that is sick in body, I declare even right now, by His stripes, you are healed. It is paid for. It is bought at the cross of Calvary. Not just your sins, but your health and healing. It is paid for in the name of Jesus. For you that are in financial difficulty, even right now, one touch, one touch, one touch of God's favor is going to turn it around. The right person, the right contact, the right idea, idea, the right promotion, one now, right now, that's right, that's right, receive as you believe right now, just begin to thank Him for it, thank Him for it, Lord, for that child, Lord Jesus, that's a prodigal away from you, for that marriage that is away from you, Lord, for that home that is not based on the foundation of your word, but is based on selfishness, on greed, on deception, Lord, on secret sin, I just come against the work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. For though the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a banner against him. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Greater is he that's within us than he that's within this world. Even right now, God, breathe upon them. Lord, breathe your hope. Breathe your salvation. Lord, even if that child is in the pig pen of sin right now, like the prodigal son, wake him up. Uh, Wake her up, Lord. Let her come to her senses. Let him come to his senses, God, and return home to the Father, their heavenly Father. Lord, whatever the battle is, you are greater. Your supply is unlimited. Help us as never before to believe bigger. In the name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement would say, Amen.